0: hey there baddie you've just arrived at the embodied baddie podcast where career driven women who hold themselves to a higher standard in all areas especially personal growth hang out i'm your ebic crystal rose and i'm so happy you're here Hey there, friends. Welcome to another episode of The Embodied Baddie. I still, I'm like laughing because I've changed this podcast name like four times. So if you're new here, you may not know that. If you've, if you're an OG, then you're like this girl, <laughs> probably waiting for me to change it again. But no, I feel really good about it. And now it's so funny. Like I just started that new Instagram, which was terrifying to do, to start from scratch, to go from 10,000 followers to um, 155 at this current recording <laughs> but I feel really good about it I feel like it's a party over there I am having so much fun um, if you follow me over there you've probably gotten a personal message from me because I'm wanting to connect like I want like a real community I don't want this like just giant following of people that I don't know that don't really know me that probably don't even want to be there I want people who are there to want to be there. I want you to want to do the dishes. <laughs> Who remembers that movie? Okay. <laughs> it was from the breakup. Um, but yeah, no, like I want you guys to be like to want to be there if you're there. So if you are there, amazing. I'm so happy you are. And if you're not and you want to be, the handle is at the embodied baddie. So yes. Um, what I'm thinking of doing is actually start doing these podcast recordings live. I don't know if I can do them solo live. I I stop and start these a lot because I need to gather my thoughts. I'm super ADHD and I, I hate like feeling like I've forgotten something I want to say and want to talk about. So I'm not sure. I mean, maybe I could do it on a live because when there's more pressure, I tend to be able to like come through (laughs) if I can't start and stop, like sitting here, having my mic, having, you know, garage band pulled up. I can stop. I can start. I can pause it so I can have a drink of water, you know, those sort of things. Live is live. And so I have to be all over it. And same thing when I'm doing interviews or I have a guest on you guys, like I don't edit those really at all unless like there's like a super awkward silence or they say something and ask me to take it out. Like I'm usually really good at just being on it, like all over it. (laughs) Um, I used to do improv comedy and uh, did a lot of improv and musical theater and whatnot. So I feel like I'm pretty good at doing things um, under pressure in that way. And so maybe I'll do some solo ones. That's the point I was getting to. Maybe I'll do some solo ones, but I am going to do interviews and chats, more so chats than interviews. You guys know I am bored to tears of like interviewing people, even like amazing, amazing women. Like I have had the incredible opportunity to interview so many incredible women on this podcast, like Olympic athletes, like medaled strong women, power lifters, boss ass women with incredible companies like I've gotten to interview amazing amazing women and it just got to the point where I'm like everyone does this like everyone does this on their podcast wouldn't it be cool if I had amazing women and like we just hung out and talked about maybe topics that they're into and I'm either into or I can get into right and I've de- I've decided to have like a lot of my clients come on because they're amazing oh my gosh, like I work with so many incredible people. And not only that, but I think like having doing it live on my embody body account, like you can get more of a sense of what embodiment can do for you. So this could be really helpful, not just to, you know, like you, the listener on the podcast, cause I am going to repost it to the podcast. So if you watch it on Instagram and you come here hoping for something fresh and new, I am super sorry. But if you miss it live, then you'll get it here. That's that's pretty much what we're going to do. And I might take little snippets and turn them into reels. Whew. All right. So enough about that. <laughs> this episode is all about why women don't ask for help. <laughs> why don't women ask for help? And I feel like I have so many things I want to talk about in this and so many examples because it's, it's honestly a problem. It's a real problem. So one of the biggest things I've actually discovered, because I have a lot of clients um, who don't ask for help (laughs) and I was there once too, right? And, and I'm going to be really honest, you guys, I've done so much work on myself in the last few years. Like I don't even recognize myself half the time. So it's honestly really hard for me to go back in time and remember those instances where I just wouldn't ask for help. Or instances where I was super stressed about something or instances where I self-sabotage. Like it feels like a full-on past life for me. And I know those examples exist, but it's like I need to dig to the depths <laughs> to remember them to find them because I just don't default that way anymore. And it's amazing. Like I'm so grateful for that. But honestly, it makes it hard to relate to all of you guys or or anyone who's struggling with those kind of things because I'm like, mm, mm, did I struggle with that? When did I how did I struggle? Like I have to really rack my brain. It's not just like readily available to me anymore. Um, the asking for help thing is is a tough one. and and honestly, I probably can come up with some examples for that because it's very easy to slip into that behavior. But one of the things I notice with a lot of my clients, so the way I have my one-on-one set up, for example, and also like my intense group program. So I have Pendulum, which is my flagship group program, and we'll be doing that twice a year, starting again in January, twenty twenty-four. And then um, I have an alumni group program, and that one is uh, it's invite only. So if you've worked with me in my group program Pendulum, or you've worked with me one-on-one, then we can we can talk about you getting into that program. <laughs> so part of those two programs, as well as my one-on-one, it's not just the regular calls, right? Like we have our Zoom calls and our coaching, but we I also include Voxer, which is basically like WhatsApp. It's just a different company, right? It's walkie-talkie chatting. Um, only you can listen to it in real time. In WhatsApp, basically you send the message and it sends like after you um, record it. Whereas like Voxer is real time. Like I can literally listen to it while they're speaking, which honestly is really nice because we can have like a really good like back and forth when we do that and like send reactions and by via text like while someone's speaking. So it's it's interesting to me because I have my legacy. My legacy Voxer um, is Happen like these are women who've been doing this work with me for years. They have healed a lot of shit. They 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 get it right, and so they lean into that container and they lean in asking for support from me. They lean into the group like it's it's the more active of my voxers. The pendulum one isn't as active um, generally because these are people who are much much newer. To this work. And so uh, reaching out for help and support while they're going through this is is something that they don't, it's not like natural for them to do. I've noticed. And then my one-on-ones, you know, I have some one-on-one clients that are up in my boxer every day, like all the time. I love it. Like we're going back and forth. We're working through things. I see so much progress with them because they're just like, they're so in it, right? They're like, I committed to this. I'm paying for this. I'm going to use every inch of it. And not in like a, mm, not in like the kind of way where they're, it's like, oh, I paid for this. So I'm going to use, it. <laughs> I'm going to squeeze every inch out of it. That's, that's not what it is. It's not coming from this like scarcity vibe, right? It's coming from like, no, like she's here to support me and I'm, and I want to receive it. And, and there are, you know, I have clients that do that. And then I have clients that I never, <laughs> never pop into Boxer. And I might ask them how they're doing every now and then, but they just like may not even respond, may not even see it. Like who even knows if they're getting notifications. And I always remind them at the end of our calls that if they need anything or they need support of any kind or they want to whatever, even just tell me something good that happened, just having that connection, I'm here, you know where to find me, it's in Boxer. And time and time again, they don't. And for for me, I'm like, I want to support you, and I want you to get the most out of this program. And so it was kind of like, I don't say baffling me, but it was like, or frustrating. It, it wasn't those things. It was, it was perplexing. Maybe it was like feel like feels like something I need to figure out. How can I motivate and inspire these women to reach out and get more support. And so in digging into this, I realize that it's not that they're just like, oh, no, I don't need help. They're not consciously all of this stuff is subconscious, right? It's not like, oh, I don't need help or I don't want help or I can do it myself or, oh, she'll just let me down if I reach out to her. It genuinely does not occur to them. That's what I've come to realize. The women who do not show up in boxer, whether it be in, in the group chats or the, the, the so just one on one, me and them, is that it does not occur to them at all. They just don't think about it. They don't even think about the fact that they are paying for support. It just is not even in their realm of awareness. And even me reminding them, it's just not at top of mind. So we've got to go deeper to this, the root of this, right? So in digging into some of the roots, because I've done this work with with several of my clients, (laughs) I've discovered a few things. So I have one who, you know, she owns a business. I have a lot of business owners as clients. Um, So this one owns a business and she has a team. And we were talking about the things that are on her plate right now. And I mean, this woman's amazing, right? (laughs) She runs a business, has a team, has a family, all of that. And some of the things she's doing, I'm like, why are you doing that? Why isn't that, why aren't you giving that to your team? And she's like, it never even occurred to me to have them do this. And I think part of me feels guilty asking them to do too much. And I'm like, oh my God, like you hired support, people to support you, right? Like you need support. And and of course we don't want to overload people, right? We don't want a bunch of stressed out employees running around like feeling crushed by the weight of, <laughs> of their responsibilities. But that's not what's happening. What's happening is like, oh, I hired them for this. And like, I'm afraid to put anything else onto them. When A lot of the times these people are like really wanting more responsibility and really like, happy to support these business owners, these women. So I gave her this analogy. And so maybe this will help you as well. So when you get on a plane, there everyone has a job, right? The pilots find the plane, their co-pilots there with him. You know, we've got the flight attendants and the flight attendants are making sure everyone's safe. And they're making sure that like you have snacks and you have what you need and that like protocols are being followed and all of that stuff, right? So like the pilot, it's the pilot's job to get us to our destination. That's the pilot's job. Like that's their ship. They're the captain of that ship, okay? They're in charge. And they aren't feeling guilty that the flight attendants have other jobs. It's not the pilot. You would be like, what is happening if a pilot came out of the cockpit and started handing around those yummy little Biscoff cookies they do on American Airlines, okay? You'd be like, sir, <laughs> I'm going to need you go back. Yeah, I'm going to need you to go back to your seat, sir, because I need you to fly this plane it just doesn't happen, right? So why, when you're a business owner and you are flying this plane and you have the big, big job of running the ship, making sure the ship runs, having the vision of where we're going, where is this business going? and and making sure you know everything is is going the way it needs to go. Are you gonna stop and go make sure someone has peanuts? Make sure that someone in eleven A is comfortable. No. Are you gonna Are you gonna make sure that like everyone in row twelve can assist in the event of emergency? No. <laughs> no. 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 You are gonna fly the damn plane. If you're a pilot, you fly the plane. So you are the pilot of your business or your job or whatever it is. And if you have a support team, AKA your flight attendants, let them support you. They're doing their jobs. They're happy to do their jobs. That's why they're doing That's why they they signed up for it, right? It's not about being mean. Like we're not being mean to them. We're not like, again, If if you have an understaffing issue, then you need to make sure that you have the right amount of people and we balance it out so no one's getting crushed. We don't want to be that kind of boss. And the fact that you're concerned about that makes you a wonderful boss if you want to make sure that your team is happy and good (laughs) and then you're a good boss like you're that's a good that's a good quality in in a leader right so if you have too much on your plate you have a team for a reason and when that guild comes up ask yourself what would what would a pilot do (laughs) is this is this the equivalent to you know, making sure 13C has their seat in an upright lock position before we land. Is this something that a flight attendant can do and that you don't like doing it? And that's not like, you know, that's not the vision of getting us to where we want to go. All right. And let that guilt go. So I'm hoping that helped. I hope that helps you guys. (laughs) I love analogies. If, if you know me, then you know that I'm always pulling metaphors and analogies out of my ass, like all the time, because I just, I don't know why. It's just how I, <laughs> it's how I think of things. I think of things in, in, by way of thinking of other things <laughs> to explain them. So yeah, so there was that client and she's just like, oh my God, I, I never even occurred. It never even occurred to me to ask for help on, on, on this and this and this. Like, it just didn't occur to her. And I have one-on-one clients that are like, you know what? I just never think about it. I just never think about it. And when when I've dug in, what comes up is a lot of these women, okay, and I, I know we've talked about masculine and feminine energetics before. There are a couple of episodes on that. And it's something I'm going to start talking about more on the Embodied Baddie Instagram because I have, I actually have a feminine energetics course called Audacity. And what happens is, is the feminine and masculine energy, we're not going to get too much into it. Don't worry. <laughs> but the thing is, is that a lot of women end up in this like hyper masculine energy. And that does not mean you look manly. That does not mean you dress manly. That does not mean like you don't act quote unquote ladylike. None of that has anything to do with masculine and feminine energy. It's literally an innate energetic thing. But a lot of women have become more um, masculine and have taken on more masculine traits. And what that does is burn us the hell out. So it's a lot of hustle. It's a lot of go, 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 a lot of force, a lot of push rather than um, ease and flow, right? It's like trying to paddle up the stream rather than floating down the stream. If I'm like, you need to get from one end of the stream or the other, like as fast as humanly possible. And you decide to start paddling upwards, right? Well, the, the one who sits in the, in the little floaty and floats all the way down, (laughs) you might be like, that's cheating. No, it's not. That's leaning back and, and, um, Working easier, working smarter rather than harder. We don't need to work hard, quote unquote hard. And hard is a relative term. I've worked my ass off since I first had a job. um, And I still work really hard now. It's just in a very different, different kind of way. There's a lot more pleasure. There's a lot more ease. There's a lot more not doing stuff because I think I should, but doing things because it actually lights me up and I love doing it. And that gives me energy for days and days and days and days and days. So with this, you know, more masculinized woman, it tends to be that, you know, doesn't ask for help (laughs) and there can be wounding that has occurred that makes it so you don't ask for help. So maybe at some point in your life, you had needs that needed to be met. You asked for help with something or things multiple things. And then, and then just time and time again, the people in your life, maybe your parents, maybe not, maybe teachers, whoever. And it could even be in like young adulthood, right? Maybe boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever, let you down. You asked for help and they did not come through for you. And you realize that you had to just do this on your own. You know, if I don't, if I don't do it, no one will. It has to be me. I have to do it. It, it won't get done. Or every time I ask someone to help me, they say they will and they don't. So there could be wounds there. There could be trauma there where maybe you've, if you've been neglected, right? So that or, or grew up way too fast. If you had parents that you basically had to take care of them and tiptoe around their emotions and basically be the adult of that family, right? If you felt like you had to take on that, then it's probably, (laughs) it's highly, highly probable that you struggle in asking for help because you had to do it all on your own. So over time, this no longer becomes something you really need to think about. It just becomes like default. You just don't ask. You just don't even ask, you just do it. And so then you're, you know, eventually you get overwhelmed and you've got all this stuff on your plate and it's just like, oh my gosh, I'm burnt. I'm burnt out. And then you just want to quit all the things, right? Instead of re- reshifting things around and rearranging, you just want out because it feels like you've built yourself into this prison, into this monster, whether it be a business or a career or a, you know trying to find that balance between your home life and your work life. And you feel like you're always having to do something or take care of something, you know, especially if you're a woman with a family and you feel like you work and then you have to take care of all the stuff at home too, right? Like that gets to be a lot. That gets really overwhelming. I actually have a client who um most likely she will be on this podcast. Again, she was on it before. Um We'll have her on it again. I'm going to have her on a live and I put her on an ask for help diet. I was like, you are so burned out. You know, she went from this like high power career to um, arranging her life so that she could stay home with her child while her husband works. And this is a very, like, you got to understand, you guys, this is a very Taipei Like I want the A plus, (laughs) not the A. I want to win at this. I want to be the best at everything I do type woman. Okay. So as you can imagine, unless, you know, especially if this has been you at one point where you maybe left your job or career or business to stay home, or maybe you tried to balance, you know, both, you want to be the best (laughs) and she wants to be the absolute best And she's really struggling, feeling like she was coming up short all the time. And I'm like, like, why aren't you asking for help? Like, talk to me about this, right? And so we realized that there were so many things that were just such simple asks that would be so helpful that she just wasn't asking. It just didn't even occur to her. And there was also that underlying fear of like, it won't get done if she doesn't do it. And then also like she, quote unquote, should, right? That voice of judgment comes through of she should be able to do it. She should be able to do all of it. She's not good enough if she can't, right? There's just all of these layers underneath it. And so she's still, you know, she's going through this process of asking for help. And when I'm seeing this list of things that she's asking for, to me, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like the fact that you feel like a burden asking for these things that are so simple, my God. My God, <laughs> right? Like that's crushing. That's so much. So one of the traits of of being in your feminine energy is being able to receive. Yes, receiving, being in receiving energies. How, <laughs> how many of you are horrible at taking compliments? Someone's like, oh, you look beautiful. And you're like, yeah, I just, <laughs> right? Oh gosh, I look that. Oh, I love that outfit. Oh, it's old. All right. It was only $20, whatever, right? You deflect, deflect, deflect instead of receive. If someone offers to pay something for you and you're like, no, 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 it's totally fine. I got it, I got it. No, no, no. You don't want people to hold open doors or do anything to take care of you or stop on the way home and pick something up. It's like, no, that's okay. So opening up yourself to receiving is being more in that feminine energy. It's that ease. It's that flow. It's allowance. And it is so hard when you are a powerhouse woman who is just like so used to just doing everything herself. And it's not like you're like, "Ah, I can do this myself. I don't need your help. It's more of just like, like almost like, um, uh, no, it's okay. I got it. And, and that's something that I work on on still, you know, is really embodying that feminine and and reminding myself that I get to receive, it's okay to receive. And so if I get compliments or if someone wants to give me money or do something nice for me, instead of saying, no, it's okay, I've got it, I instead am, thank you. Yes, thank you. I receive that. Uh, it's very uncomfy. It's very uncomfortable. but it's starting to feel really good in my system. Like, oh my gosh, I'm letting myself be taken care of. Wow. And, you know, we have to realize that other people are other people and they're going to do what they do. And they might fall through. They may not, you know, you ask for help and you ask for support and they may not have the capacity to give it to you or they may be distracted that day or whatever. So it does not mean to just clam up and give up on asking. Don't do that. Just know that, yeah, there are going to be times where you're let down and it's okay. You can handle it. Because now as a full grown woman, when someone lets you down, we can have the tools to regulate our nervous systems, move through it and be like, you know what? That's okay. And not even be like, okay, I'll never ask you for anything ever again. Like, <laughs> No, (laughs) that's not the vibe. It's like, okay, maybe they did not have the capacity to help me with this. And that's okay. And if we become really evolved humans, if we can all just heal you guys, we can all heal together. Then when we ask someone for something, if they're able to reply with, yeah, I'm so sorry. I just don't have the capacity to help you with that. Wouldn't that feel so good rather than someone telling you yes and then being resentful and not wanting to do it and then being passive aggressive? Wouldn't that feel so good rather than someone saying yes and then not having the capacity to do it and then they don't do it and they let both you and themselves down? Like, wouldn't that be so amazing (laughs) if we could all just note our capacity for support and ask for what we need when we need it? And it's not just doing things for people, right? It's also holding space. Ask for what you need. Hey, can you just listen to me vent here really quick? Hey, can you just hold some space for me while I talk about this or while I do a little bit of breathing and get in my body? That feels really good. That feels so good. I have a um, a friend of mine, a dear, dear friend who also does this work. And she and I will do that. We'll just sit and we will um, like talk about the feelings and sensations that are happening in our own bodies and just speak them out loud while the other one witnesses. And it's so freaking weird when you've never done it before. But when you do it, it feels so good. And I like to do that in my containers too with my clients and my groups. Feels really good. So asking for help. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. And you know what? I don't expect you to listen to this episode and be able to turn around and do it because the majority of this, this speaking at you, right? This is mindset stuff. This is like, change your mindset about this. Something might click and you might be able to do it. And that's amazing because maybe there's not a big belief or block there. But if you are blocked, if this is really, really hard for you, if you're like, okay, ask for help, ask for help, ask for help. And then it falls out of your head and then you don't. And then you end up in like the same place that you've been. That's normal. That's okay. I'm telling you, it takes embodiment work. It takes subconscious mind work in order for you to shift this. And if there's something underneath, if there's wounds um, or you know, you've know you created this pattern of behavior because of some subconscious thing, attacking it consciously just isn't going to, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. That's not how it works. I'm sorry. Um, you can work on this for years and maybe make a little bit amount of progress and then end up back at square one when something happens or triggers you or whatever or you can do the subconscious work, you can do the embodiment work and change it for good. And if it ever starts to creep up again, you see it coming a mile away. It is fan-freaking-tastic, I'm telling you. My life is is literally worlds away from where it used to be um just a few short years ago. So I hope you at least found this episode informative and helpful. I hope it clicked a couple of things in your brain. I love to hear from you guys. Go to the embodied baddie on Instagram and tell me what you think. Did you like this episode? You know, are you struggling with this? Like let's chat, let's talk. However I can support you, I'm happy to do it. I love y'all so much. Have a beautiful rest of your day and I will catch you on the next episode. If this episode hit with you, please go out there and share it. Share it in your Instagram story, send it to a friend who might need it or even just drop in my DMs on Instagram at Rose and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you guys. Thanks for listening.